Hi, everyone, and welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I am wonderful. In fact, I think the only two people on this planet who are doing more wonderful than me right now is you, because the Bears won, or Adam Gase, because finally the Jets have won their first game of the year. Throw a virtual parade. Extend Adam Gase with a 10-year deal. But maybe not, though. How are you doing, below? Hey, as you said, I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful. I'm taking your line, and I could not be more happy right now, especially considering where this Bears team was earlier this year and then where they went in the middle of the year and now just how we are on the bubble right now, possibly making a playoff run. It, it's getting me excited. So, But I, I think Adam Gase might be a little more excited than I am. <laughs> I'm going to start putting together those invites to the uh, virtual parade right after we're done with the show. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm sure I'm sure Adam Gates will be happy to hear about that. All right, let's uh, jump right into our NFL news. Everybody, let's shed a tear for the Atlanta Falcons. They blew a 24-7 to lead to lose to Tom Brady once again. And it's poetic because this loss means that the Falcons are 28 to. 34 since they lost to the Brady by that score in the Super Bowl. And it's also not the first time that the Falcons in general have blown such a big lead. I can remember earlier this year, the Bears game, where we really looked like we were going to lose that game and the Falcons were the Falcons and they blew that lead. So there's just countless numbers of examples of the Falcons doing this and it, uh, sums up their season perfectly. Um, I don't know if you saw this circling through social media, though, Trenton. There was a, there's a picture or like a screenshot of Tom Brady with his head down and with a score in the top corner and said, it's dangerous anytime Brady has this look. <laughs> because as soon as he has this look on his face or in his body expression, it is bad for the other team. Because then, hey, never get on Tom Brady's bad side. That's my rule for any team because your lead is never safe. (laughs) Speaking of Tom Brady and um, well, actually speaking of his former team, this is this season. Think about this trend. We are so accustomed to the Patriots winning, winning, winning. But ever since Brady left, I mean, I know they still have the greatest coach of all time on their team in Bill Belichick. But this is the first time since 2008 when Brady tore his ACL in the first game of the season where the Patriots will be missing the playoffs. That is absolutely crazy. And they will not have a winning record since 2000. That's even crazier. <laughs> I don't think – actually, no, I was born halfway through that season. So I was born in December 2000. So that uh, – I mean, almost my whole life the Patriots have been winning and – what do we know now? It's a turn here that we yeah. expected in a way, but now that it's actual reality, it's it's a shock. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be weird to see how Bill Belichick decides to approach this because this is, this is the kind of rebuild that he hasn't done in 20 years. I mean, he also hasn't been dealt the best cards though in this whole situation. Yeah, that's that's also true. I mean, the injury bug has hit the Patriots again, which we'll get to in a little bit. But just the overall COVID situation, they had their – not that Cam Newton was 
or is the best quarterback out there. Or I mean, but at the still point, same time, he was an NFL MVP, and he did in games put the Patriots in a situation where they could have won. But at the same time, he's also been the reason they haven't won as many games as they probably would have with the Tom Brady. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team moves on. But, again, I think we've said this before. If any coach is equipped to handle this situation, it's Bill Belichick. And he deals best when put in uh, a challenging situation, to put it that way. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Cam Newton being a, a former MVP. Why don't we move on to our next bit of news to Carson Wentz, who was a former MVP candidate once upon a time, who has now lost his starting job to rookie Jalen Hurts. Um, and some recent news has been bouncing around that Carson Wentz wants to move on from the Eagles if Hurts is still the starter because he doesn't want to be the backup. But then after that, more news came in that Carson Wentz and his agent never said this and that this is a, a story that was kind of taken from some other comments and taken out of context to make it seem like Carson Wentz is a, a really selfish teammate. So what are your thoughts? One thing before I dive my opinion to this whole situation is that you have to remember, though, that the Eagles are still in a position to make the playoffs and win the division just like every team in the NFC East. And it's still hard to say that hard to believe that no team has officially mathematically been eliminated from the playoff contention to win, to win the division. But um, I don't know. It's like we were just saying a few years ago, Carson Wentz was the front runner to win an MVP. Then he had that uh, devastating knee injury and that, put his career on hold basically and he has never been the same since now I don't know if this is because um Frank Wright the current head coach of the Indianapolis Colts Colts used to be coach uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles I believe he was either his quarterback's coach or his offensive coordinator one of those two and how much was it him and him leaving that is really just mentally and affected uh, Carson Wentz, but he has not been playing well this whole year, and uh, and a situation like this has really, um, I mean, it, the writing was on the wall. At one point or another, if he continued to play the way he was playing, Jalen Hurts would be put in. And in his first game, he comes and beats the uh, he beats Saints. In the second game, he comes close to beating the Cardinals. So I don't know what the future is going to look like for Carson Wentz. Maybe he stays, maybe he goes. But Jalen Hurst was a second-round quarterback, and that's still pretty high in the draft to be picking a quarterback. If you, I mean, if if you're not, if you weren't planning on putting him in at some point as a replacement, then why would you pick him in that point? What I want to ask you is, have we seen enough of Jalen Hurst to um, determine if he is the future of the Philadelphia Eagles? Or is this just a small enough sample size, just, just a small enough sample size where let's say he starts next year as the quarterback and he just doesn't perform? Do the Eagles regret then finding a way to get rid of Wentz or would they have wished he would have been on the team? I, I think they definitely want to keep Wentz around. I don't think it's a big enough sample size for Jalen Hurts uh, for, for some of these 
young quarterbacks who make their their first starts in the league, you know, they come in and they do really well, mainly because other teams don't have enough game film on them. And once those teams can, you know, sit down in an offseason and check out the game film, see what's going on, then they start to devise defensive strategies to stop them. So, yeah, I think it's definitely not not time for the Eagles to to give up on Wentz yet. And also financially, they might not have a choice. I, I believe we've discussed this in previous episodes. It's just that Wentz's contract is just so big. And any team that, let's say, trades for him, in addition, will have to probably give up a draft pick, and they're going to be picking up the rest of the contract. So, And if the Eagles cut him, they're paying a lot of dead cap space. I don't remember the exact specifics, but I just remember that deal being huge. And he may have to, he may have to be there, but and it's going to be an interesting situation to develop, especially to see how Jalen Hurts closes out the rest of the year. And if he continues to play well, or at least decently well, and somehow even gets the Eagles to the playoffs, I don't know if that will happen, but just the overall performance in these games, it's an audition for him now to see what he's made of and if the Eagles made the right choice to switch quarterbacks. Have you been watching – let me back up, friend. Are you on TikTok, Trenton? No, I am not. <laughs> Neither am I. And I have no intention of being on TikTok because if I know <laughs> that if I get on a TikTok, I will – go on some rabbit hole and I'll be wasting all the time that I don't have. But Juju Smith-Schuster, the wide receiver for the Steelers, is on TikTok. And apparently he's been making these different TikToks by dancing on the opposing logos of uh, the opposing team's logos. And it hasn't, um, I don't know how to put this, it hasn't gone over well with some people. And they're calling it a distraction, to put it lightly. So, yeah. Let me get your quick thoughts on this. I mean, if we go back in NFL history, dancing on other teams' logos has generally not gone very well. T.O. running from that, uh, running <laughs> against the Cowboys and posing on the star, never, never a good idea. I mean, just put the whole distraction point away and want to mention for the record that Smith Schuster, I said that he's done dancing on the logos, making these TikToks, uh, which is probably depriving a lot of people from some quality content. I have not watched the videos, but uh, I'm assuming assuming they're good at least. It's more about respect. You don't go to another team's house. Okay, I get the idea that in the game, you are running over up and down the logos but that's the game that happens. You, you try to use the whole field. Putting that aside, just for the fact, a level of respect, just don't go to the other team's logo and just start dancing it. It's their logo. It's, it represents that team. And just like, there's a level of sportsmanship when it comes to you shake hands after a loss, unlike Tom Brady in some occasions. Um, in hockey, it's the classic line. Uh, I don't know what term is but at the end of the playoff series they all line up and shake hands with each other and so there's just a level of sportsmanship that you have to keep in in a game otherwise you're just rude so i mean 
is this the reason for the Steelers' losses? No, probably not, but just it just limits a distraction. Um, we had an interesting and a very satisfying um, milestone hit this past Sunday. In addition to the Jets winning their very first game, Frank Gore does not have to be on a 0-16 team because he just played in his 240th game, which is most by NFL history. And I think that if the Jets were on the verge of going 0-16, he would have found a way to be traded out of there because he, he does not deserve to be on an 0-16 team, especially whatever he's based off of what he's done his whole career and the production he's put up. He's probably one of the best running backs to ever be in there. And he will be in the Hall of Fame. And glad that he got a win. And the fact that he's played in the most games in NFL history is um, is a very significant milestone. Yeah. I mean, Frank Gore's just really old. <laughs> he's been around for for so long. Um, but that makes it even more remarkable that he is that right. old and he's been able to put in that level of production. Yeah. Uh, he's 37 right now and in at least in terms of running back longevity in the the nfl that is that's ancient (laughs) very Uh, true yeah um moving on the carolina panthers have fired their general manager marty herney over quote philosophical differences uh it's it's just an, another team that's looking to reshape the organization. I mean, they got their, their new head coach, Matt Rule. They picked up Teddy Bridgewater, who they hope is going to be their franchise quarterback. And they have Christian McCaffrey, even though he hasn't really played this year. But, you know, he is one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. So they're just looking for somebody new up top to, to drive the organization to hopefully a bunch of playoff runs. Exactly. And just in general speaking here um... – it's that time of year where teams are firing coaches, GMs. And, I mean, all these teams had nothing to play for now, so why would you waste two or three weeks of valuable time where you could be interviewing people? I believe the Texans have already conducted a few interviews for the GM and head coaching positions. The Jaguars have conducted some interviews for the GM positions. So it's like just – Trying to get ahead of the curve here, and a lot of teams will be making decisions more towards the next two or three weeks once the season officially ends for them. But uh, we'll be surprised to just see a few more uh, teams start getting like letting go of people and moving on because in the end, you're trying to make your team better. And like you said, the Panthers going back to the Panthers, the Panthers have some of the pieces in place with a new head coach and a quarterback who, who can, who can do it. I wouldn't say he is an all-star quarterback who you can always dependably rely on. Could he become one day? Yes, he could, but at the moment he isn't. So you need stability at the top, which will hopefully trickle down to the rest of the team. Yeah. And, uh, they're now the fifth team in the NFL that's going to be looking for a new GM and they're going to have a, a pretty high draft pick at the end of the season. So like I you said, hoping to find the guy. Uh, don't remember that many GMs being fired in a season so far. I mean, it's season hasn't even ended yet. And 
you just said five GMs are fired. Usually, you see more coaches being fired uh, in in general. But uh, it's interesting that many GMs. Yeah, yeah. It just so happens three uh, three of those teams have also fired their coaches as well as GMs. So it's uh it's gonna be a, a pretty crazy off season, I think. All right, moving on. A little bit of sad news. Josh Gordon, the the much much suspended wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, initially looked like he was going to be coming back. The Seattle Seahawks set aside a, a spot for him on the roster to activate him, but the NFL just informed them that Gordon has not complied with the terms of his conditional reinstatement. And uh, it's, it's not clear when he's going to be able to practice or play with the team. So that's uh, not a good sign for him. Like you put him in, it's a, it's a sad story. I mean, he was on the he's been up and down so much, and just looking at his overall talent, this guy is talented. But you can only the talent can only get you so far. You have to actually be on the field, and it really looked like he was going to be back. I mean, again, I know we've seen this story so many times, and unfortunately, we may even see it again one day which hopefully we don't, but I mean, like you said the steel, the, sorry, the Seahawks cleared a roster spot. They're ready to go, but now he's back to where he was before, which meant that he could, um, he could be with the team, but he couldn't practice and you can't practice. You're not going to play. So, I mean, he wasn't going to be played a lot to play anyway, but we'll see what happens next week. Hopefully it's just a minor setback. And we're just going to have to see where it goes from here. But uh, nevertheless, it's a sad story. Yeah. Uh, in the end, you, you just got to hope that even if he doesn't get to play another down of football, at least he can, he can get his life back in order. All right. Uh, moving on to injuries. Bilal, have you ever done the splits? I've tried, Trenton, but I've never been successful. What about yeah. you? I uh, – I have also tried, and I've never been successful either. But um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire not only did kind of the splits, but also was bent over backwards in the game against the Saints. Uh, he is out with a hip strain and a high ankle sprain, expected to be out for the rest of the regular season, but hopefully can return for the playoffs. See that... Um... And watching that against the Saints, that did not look good at all. Did no, not. it didn't. And I would if I'm glad I'm not was not in his position. But I mean, it's good that he uh, will be able to get uh, be back for the playoffs. In all likelihood, it looks like the Chiefs will be the number one seed, wrapping up that first round by. So that gives him about roughly three weeks to get better, and hopefully, it's nothing extra serious, which would require him to be out for a longer period of time. But uh, again, injuries are part of the game, and even the most uh, unfortunate ones, that is too. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of another star player to get injured, Stefan Gilmore, the Patriots star cornerback and defensive player of the year from last year will be undergoing season-ending surgery for a partially torn quad. It was a non-contact injury that he suffered against the Miami Dolphins. So it's, uh, you know, it's 
it's not good to see, but at least it is not something major like knee issues. He avoided knee structural damage. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good for him good to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's another blow to the Patriots team in general in what has been a pretty unfortunate season for them in many facets. But, uh, again, I'm glad it wasn't anything too serious. And then he'll be back next year because uh, the Patriots are out. So there, there was nothing else to play for. So if you want to yeah. look at it on the bright side. In that way, yeah. It is uh, it is a going to be the end of the season for them pretty much in terms of playoffs. But uh, speaking of a team hit with the injury bug, the 49ers, the team that cannot – Catch a, they cannot to, catch a break. No, they can't. Uh, they've lost another quarterback. Nick Mullins is going to need season-ending elbow surgery. And Josh Rosen, a name that we haven't heard in a very long time, has been signed by the 49ers off of the Buccaneers practice squad. How would that feel? I mean, he's not starting the game. That, that'll, be, that'll go to C.J. Beathard. But how would that feel just – Josh Rosen against the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> that would be very interesting to be in issues. I mean, the way they treated him in that mm. whole situation could have gotten much better. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Um, I mean, going back to that, I, I can't remember a time when a team had drafted a quarterback in the first round, and just the year after that, they drafted another quarterback in the first round and ejected the first one. <laughs> I mean, also, they weren't in that position to be the number one overall pick, so and you get why they did it, but still. And the interesting thing is the Niners signed Rosen off the Bucks practice squad right before the Bucks even had a chance to protect him because the new rules with COVID and everything is that uh, the practice squad is expanded, and you can actually protect a player from being signed off your practice squad. So that's that's the risk teams employ uh, take on when they uh, put a player on the practice squad. They're they're part of the team, but they're not really safe unless you protect them. Yeah, uh, when you when you mentioned that, I just had the interesting visual of the. 49ers GM and the Bucks GM just playing capture the flag and uh, <laughs> capturing each other's quarterbacks off their practice squads. <laughs> uh, anyways, continuing on with more quarterback injury news, Derek Carr was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. He had a, a groin injury that looked not very good in the, in the Raiders' last game, and he was replaced by Marcus Mariota, who actually – Played pretty well. That indeed he did. I mean, I mean that was his first action in a very long time ever since he joined the team, I believe, right? I think so. Yeah, so um, Mariota played well. I mean, not good enough to win because they did lose to the Chargers, but it's interesting how uh, looks like that Thursday, having that game on Thursday really paid off well for the, for the Raiders because – a full participant in a Wednesday practice, which is your first practice of the week, all, all likelihood you can see Derek Carr back in there. And will he be any good? I don't know because the Raiders are in a very tough position right now. I think they're sitting at 500 rough at, 
right now with the record. So they if they need they need all the help they can get within their own team and some on the outside if they want any chance of making the playoffs. And it doesn't really help when you have the Chiefs in your division. But uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, these are a lot of different injuries here and a lot of significant players around the league. It's probably a lot more. This, if we want to dedicate an entire podcast to injuries, we could do that as well. But we got more things to cover. So let's continue moving on. The uh, Please describe Trenton situation involving the Detroit Lions with COVID. Yeah, the the Lions are in a pretty pretty rough spot right now. Uh, we've seen a team like the Ravens, who had basically much of their starting roster that was knocked out due to COVID protocols. Now the Lions have almost all of their defensive staff members being considered close contacts and their interim head coach slash offensive play caller, Darrell Bevel, also being considered a close contact. What does the team do when they're put in that type of position? Uh, give, a, give a call to Bill Belichick and say, hey, want to coach two games this week? <laughs> hey, if there was one guy who could do it, it would probably be him. <laughs> Just put the other game on Zoom with the – camera going and uh just let him let him let him call one play on this game here and then look over to his tablet call the other game that'd be interesting though i mean how do you play a game with most of your coaches possibly not even there yeah it's it's gonna be rough i think they said something about if Daryl bevel can't call offensive plays it's going to be the qb coach who's calling the offensive plays but in terms of the defense if all of your defensive staff members are not there, who is? You got a very good point there. And the, and the fact that this game's on Saturday doesn't help either. Oh, yeah. Because there we got three games on Saturday this week, and the Bucks and the Lions are, I believe, the first one. So there are not that many days left to uh, actually figure out what's going to happen with them. And the Lions in general have not been uh, – in a good position. I mean, they fired Matt Patricia. And then they apparently fired their special teams coach this week after he, contra- he contradicted the head coach, Daryl Bevel, and uh, attempted a fake punt, which uh, didn't go so well. No, it, it kind of felt like it ruined their momentum in that game. Was there any momentum to have, though? <laughs> What little momentum they had. How about that? The Washington football team also had an interesting situation dealing with COVID this week. I think interesting is an understatement. <laughs> um, so with Alex Smith out due to a calf strain, I believe, the Washington football team was forced to start Dwayne Haskins at quarterback in their, in their game last week. And I changed my pick from (laughs) the Washington football team to the Seattle Seahawks. So if anyone was listening to previous week's episode and somehow wanted to add up all our picks and why it doesn't add up to what we will tell you later on, that's the reason. Okay, continue. (laughs) Had to clarify that. 
Sure, I could have waited too, but had to. Continue. No, it's 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 good to clarify that. Um, so Dwayne Haskins after the game Ooh, was this is, this is already getting. All right, sir, I'll be quiet. <laughs> I'm going on mute. I need to contain myself here. I I will I will understand by your facial expressions. You you are already anguished by this. Dwayne Haskins was seen on social media posts at a strip club after the game um, with a bunch of women who were wearing his jersey number (laughs) and they're all celebrating there. They're all maskless. And this is exactly the kind of high-risk COVID situation that teams have been hoping to avoid. And let let me say this first. Dwayne Haskins on this team, on his jersey, he has that captain's logo. He is a captain of this team. Not but anymore. not anymore. Not anymore. Exactly. There we go. Not anymore. <laughs> and that is, ooh. I believe he was also fined $40,000. Uh, I, yes, I believe he was fined for this incident. Uh, the, the Washington football team is handling this internally, but this is going to be the second COVID issue this year for him because Haskins was also fined earlier this season when he invited a family friend to the team hotel before the game. Yeah. Um, what was he thinking? Clearly he wasn't thinking, but honestly, I, these violations that players have been putting on are mm, – I'm at a loss for words, honestly, Trenton. Something this this dumb and this okay. Take a step back. You are there's a very high likelihood that you will be the starting quarterback for your team this week. Your team, which is competing for playoff position to win the division. Your team, which is barely in first place to win that division. Exactly. Shouldn't you okay? Step back again. We are in the middle of a global pandemic for the past nine months. Everyone is at home. Most teams don't have any fans in their stadium. First of all, why are you out in general? Second of all, why are you out without a mask? Third of all, did you not expect somehow that you could end up on social media? Like, how dumb do you have to be? you think that you could be to get away are you immune to this virus are you let's say let's say you don't get symptom you're not symptomatic you get sick but you're not symptomatic you you could still carry it to other people you still have to i mean probably he could test positive and then he won't play let's say he doesn't test positive then he doesn't but that wouldn't where do you leave your team then? Who do they turn to? I don't even know who the third quarterback for Washington even is. So, and you're just exposing other players. I mean, it's a luxury to be even play this game right now during this pandemic, and you are you're blowing it, man. You're blowing it, and just it's good that he got fined. Honestly, there shouldn't be a suspension coming through, but Washington, I mean, 
they're looking out for the best health of their own team right now. And unfortunately, he does give them the better chance to come out with a win if Alex Smith is not uh, available to go. So they did what they could without really hurting themselves too bad. And the fact that they took away their, their captaincy it says something because before the season started, the team, the players, they voted for him. And the fact that they took it away shows that they lost their trust in him. And um, again, it's a dumb move. That's it. Yeah. Uh, End of rant. <laughs> I I couldn't put it any better. You put it perfectly. Why do we have uh, to deal with these different? St- I mean, we have one more to get to, but like, I think maybe this whole season we've had one week where there wasn't some type of story that came out like this mm-hmm. of some foolish move by a player or a half a team getting COVID or a game getting delayed three times. It's only one get week this week this year that I can possibly remember something that's not happening. I mean, all right, let's get the last one over with before I <laughs> before we can get to some better news. Yeah, uh, for the record, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback behind Dwayne Haskins. Never heard of him, Washington. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to another quarterback though, Deshaun Watson has been fined for violating COVID protocols at his restaurant opening where dozens of people, including other Houston players, were photographed indoors. Um, He is a minority owner of the cheesesteak franchise Lefties. Uh, At least one player involved was fined $5,000, and Watson was fined more because it was his event. Oh, my God. Please, did you really have to open up a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic? Did you expect people would be going to it? Good for you that you have a restaurant. I'll go to Houston and I'll eat there. But when I go to Houston, I do have, I go to Houston actually fairly often. On a side note, um, but still, um, why? What is that even a smart business model right now to open up a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic? Do you expect people are going to go in? and sit down and eat there. That's a good point. Okay, you can open the restaurant. You can have takeout. Let's see you set up for takeout only at this point. Did you have to be there? Did you have to have your teammates? <laughs> let, let, let the manager or whoever else is in charge of the place. He's a partner, right, of that restaurant? Uh, You're not the sole owner, right? There's some no, just uh, he he owns some of the the restaurants in the chain, I believe, something okay, like that. Okay, but allow the guy who's managing that restaurant to open it for you, and you come back with some big grand celebration when it's safe. But I know your team's not doing well. You played in some bad games recently. You have no head coach. You have no GM. Because they were the same person. <laughs> um, just use your brain, man. You're a smart guy. People look up to you for leadership. Unlike unlike Dwayne Haskins, they don't look up to him for leadership. Not anymore. 
I don't think they ever did, honestly. Alex Smith was the leader of that team, or is the leader of that team, and the far superior quarterback. Um, but still, not the best, uh, not the best image, and hurts the league. That's why they're trying to uh, take action because. Which I mentioned a couple minutes ago, it's a luxury to be playing sports in this pandemic right now. And we very well easily could have been without it. And then what else would we have done with society? We'd be watching reruns of game of prior games, which is what which is what I was doing during the off season and I wasn't opposed to it. But I'd like live action sports and I want to keep it that way. So for the sake of the fans, just do your part. Your season's almost up anyway. Do whatever you want after that. Okay, that's over. Now we got some good news, Trenton. Is it and power if, rankings time? Yes, and for once, I am actually happy to be reading these for you. But first, oh, yes. we have to. Uh, first, we have to go through the top ten, which hasn't really changed. But then again, what has it changed? All right, getting to it right now. Uh, the Chiefs, number one, same as last week. Nothing new to report there. There is a change here at number two. The Buffalo Bills have moved up. Previously, they were at number four. Currently, they're ranking number two. The Green Bay Packers have dropped a spot, surprisingly, after their um, victory over the Panthers. But that game, in general, that game could have gone in a very different direction. I honestly stopped watching that game maybe around halftime. And I went away to go do some other things. Come back later on, the game's still on, obviously. And it's a much tighter situation that I had uh, than it was when I left the game. So Packers, Packers very well could have lost that game, but they didn't. So... I understand why they dropped a spot, even though they won the game. Uh, New Orleans Saints, previously number three, currently number four. I mean, that loss to the Chiefs dropped them a spot. Baltimore Ravens moving up three spots from number eight to number five. Cleveland Browns moving up even more deeper into the top ten. Number nine, they were last week, and they currently are number six. Seahawks stayed, stayed steady at seven. Titans moved into the top 10, previously 11, now they're eight. Colts moved up one spot from the 10 to the nine, and the Rams dropped four spots from number six to number 10. So primarily in general, the top 10 has stayed the same. Top 15 roughly stayed the same as we have been mentioning. We've noticed this trend throughout the whole season, but uh, it's mainly a few teams up and down here and there. So what are the top 10? Anything stand out to you in the top 10? And then we'll continue down through the rest of these rankings. Yeah, I mean, the Rams losing to the Jets was brutal. And they, they definitely, I think, deserve to drop those four spots from 6 to 10 because, I mean, you lose to the Jets and uh, you're, you're not supposed to lose to the Jets. We'll just put it there. I mean... 13 other teams didn't lose to the Jets. Although one almost did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
the last second, and that caused their defensive coordinator to get fired off of that with the Raiders. But then you become the one team that does lose to the Gents. Doesn't sit well. Moving on, Trenton. Um, actually, let's just stick here for a moment here. The Steelers dropped out of the tent, out of the top ten. They dropped six spots, man. Previously number five, and now they're number eleven. Just think about where this team was. Where was this team a few weeks ago? They were eleven and zero, and now they've dropped three games in a row. Now, we're not going to be discussing their game this week, so this might be a good point to just bring up this point in conversation. Was it a fluke? Or is this team just hit a rough patch at some point and they'll get it together for the playoff? Because the, right now, their division is almost up for grabs. I mean, the Browns are right there. And the Browns winning division would say something because the Browns have not won a division in forever. And the Browns are led by a rookie head coach this year. Uh, after the Browns have finally found a good head coach. Yeah, finally. And even took after them like twenty tries. <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, the Steelers are just falling apart right now. Honestly. And it wasn't Juju's dancing. We've already established that. Even though that that's its own that was its own piece which we covered earlier. But uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, you thought at one point during that game, though, that the Steelers would be able to come back. I mean, the mm-hmm. Bengals only scored 17 points because the Steelers turned it over three times. And the fact that they were able to – I mean, sorry, 17 points to start the game off and coming off with uh, – ending the game with 27 points. That, that one run that they had um, – what was his name? Finley? Ryan Finley? Ryan Bengals Finley. quarterback? Yes. Ryan Finley. His one touchdown run that he had up and down, up down the middle, that really uh, put the game out of reach. And the fact that they allowed the Bengals' third-string quarterback to do that against a Pittsburgh defense that had generally been pretty good um, exposed a lot of weaknesses within that team. And if this was a if the, if the Steelers needed a game to Silence the doubters that they were just on a two-game losing streak and they're back. They needed to win this game, and they they didn't win the game. So, I mean, they go in the playoffs, so they have a few more. I mean, the time's running out for them to figure out what they ought to have to fix because they keep saying they're a bad team. You're a bad team, you got to fix something. Doesn't look like we've done that, though. It's an interesting situation. Yeah, definitely. Hey, but there's one piece of news that got me really happy reading these power rankings. Oh? Do you want to take a stab at it? You probably already know it. Could it be the Bears? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Trenton, have you seen, in the time we've been discussing these power rankings, I know this is also just a sample. This is NFL.com's power rankings. Other outlets do. Others, but we've stayed consistent with this one. Have you seen a team move up up 10 spots? I don't think so. Neither have I, ever. And I've been reading these power rankings for years now. It's the first time we've discussed it. But I've been reading these for years, and I've never seen a team move up 10 spots that I can remember. And just remember, a few weeks ago, we were down 28th, 29th, 
But last week we were 26, and now we're at 16. I mean, just we'll get to this one, get to the Bears in general. But you just feel the tide changing, and I'm really excited right now. Going to close out these rankings with a interesting plot twist here. Oh, yes. The New York Jets are no longer the 32nd ranked team, which they had been for 13 prior weeks. It is actually the Jaguars. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Jets. They win their first game and they possibly lose their chance to draft Trevor Lawrence, but still still a few games left in the season to play. So have you ever heard of a team or a fan base being that upset and lose at winning a game? Because <laughs> I haven't. Never. It's it's a weird year. Definitely. Sums up twenty twenty for you perfectly right there. Continuing to our um Games that we've selected. Please uh, introduce us to the first game. Yeah, let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals, which was a pretty close game. A lot of good offense between the two teams. Uh, the Battle of the Birds. <laughs> Battle of the Birds it is. And honestly, both quarterbacks looks pretty good. Rookie Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Through for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Kyler Murray, uh, 406 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So both of these quarterbacks, the type of shorter-statured scramblers who once upon a time would not have been considered good NFL quarterbacks or prototypical-sized NFL quarterbacks. Or if we want to put it in modern terms, John Elway would not select these guys to be his franchise quarterback. <laughs> no, he would not. I mean, all right, Drew Brees was the guy who originally broke the mold. Then you come in with a guy with Russell Wilson. And now it has become a little more common to see people of uh, shorter stature I mean, compared to compared to the size of an NFL quarterback. I mean, 5'11", 5'10", that's a pretty good height. Um for a regular person who is not a quarterback, but for their quarterbacks, you know, these guys have the that added um, element to them though is that they can run. They can run. They run well. But just the fact that the, Kyler Murray threw for 406 yards and Jalen Hurts threw for 338 yards just also shows that these guys can throw when needed. And I mean, for the most part, Jalen Hurts didn't throw, didn't turn it over. And he didn't turn it over, but Murray did. So, I mean, the Eagles were always in a chance to win this game up until the very end, but they just couldn't come away with it, which is unfortunate for our team because it would have been much better for uh, – would have been much better for um, the Bears to have a Eagles victory. But uh, there's still time, and – the Cardinals had 500 yards of total offense. That's a lot. That is that is probably third time since 2019 that that has happened. Has that all been under Kyler Murray? It has, and it has been under Cliff Kinsbury. All Kinsbury. Right. So there's something brewing in Arizona right now. 
this is this has the potential if these two I don't know how far I want to make this in this statement, but this could honestly be the next Brady Belichick type of thing. There is be. something working there. And I think they found it hasn't really been since Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer left the Cardinals, where the Cardinals have had this type of success. And they found their guy. Yeah. Um, it certainly helps when you can pick up a, a number one wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, who had one touchdown, nine receptions, 169 yards in this game. Still or, don't know uh, how he's on that team. Still don't get it. Um, I mean, if we if we throw it back to what the Cardinals traded for him, uh, I believe David Johnson, the running back, was one of the leading receivers for the Texans in this past game. So, uh, number one wide receiver for a, a running back who might lead the team in, in receptions and passing or receiving yards. Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Wasn't a good trade. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I think we made that clear many times. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's look at a pretty crazy AFC and NFC matchup that we had the Kansas city chiefs against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Drew Brees' first game back, and yeah, it looked like it was his first game back after a long time. Yeah, it was not pretty to start with for him. No. I don't think – I think he started – I think he started roughly 0-6 passing the ball. I don't think he had ever done that. It's somewhere around that range. He had never done that to start a game off in his career, I believe. Yeah. He was um, just missing – passes and the Saints could just not connect and it, it was just ugly but they did put it together at some point they did start um, scoring some points and especially in the second half it made the game much more interesting yeah they did I'm bring it close it yeah they they almost did it but once again Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense just proves that they they can beat anybody that they want when they have things rolling. This is a very interesting statistic here that Patrick Mahomes is 9-0 in his career versus a top five scoring defense coming into a game. That really – I don't know how much this is about him and how much is just the defenses that he's playing then. Because <laughs> whew, usually if you're a top five defense, there's a reason you're a top five defense. But if you can't do anything to uh, affect Mahomes, then, then how good are you really? Yeah. And if you look at the flip side of that, it just tells you that at least right now in his career so far, Patrick Mahomes – it doesn't matter who he's playing. He, he puts up good numbers <laughs> regardless. He's never out of a game. That's the thing. You give him 30 seconds at too much time. Because the guy has a cannon of an arm. He just launched it in one flick. And he's the ball's 60, 70 yards down the field already. He's been someone that has been interesting to watch the whole time. And um, I mean, don't think we've ever really picked against him. No. Never pick him. I don't think so either. One last point I want to mention for this game is that it was Mahomes. Uh, it was the Chiefs. Um, they 
won every single road game they played in this season, and they're only the third team after winning a Super Bowl to do that, which is interesting. 11 straight road games in general. Seems weird, though, that we win yeah. games on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though this is a, a pandemic year that has basically all of the fans not in the stadiums, I mean, road it's games neutral, are still – yeah, road games are still kind of hard, though. Just the fact that they're traveling, they're going to go into different weather, different time zones. It's uh, he's Mahomes. What can you say? He does state farm commercials and he wins games. You buying the Patrick Price anytime soon? Are you getting a haircut <laughs> like him to get the Patrick Price? That's why you, you don't have to get a haircut like him to have the Patrick Price. Just put yeah, that time. In case you're looking for insurance. Thanks, Bilal. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, moving on to uh, to the game that's going to make us both very happy, and we have to make sure I don't go on a happiness rant. But the Bears played the Vikings, and the Bears won again twice in a row. I know I'm very happy by this, but again, we did lose six games in a row, so two games. Let's put it in time before we get into any um, in-depth analysis. Is the Bears are right there now to reach to make the playoffs. Right there. And the fact that we did lose six games in a row and that depressed everyone. And the headlines that came out of like, you can't lose six games in a row in a city like Chicago. Because the media will devour you. New York's rough. Try keeping up with Chicago media. Um, but again, now that the fact that the Bears are right there and there's a good chance that we can make it in, I'm really optimistic, more optimistic than I usually am. And um, it was a good game for the most part. We didn't have one turnover by Trubisky, but then you know, when you have a defense like we do who can stop the Vikings from converting a fourth down situation, it, uh, it, it all works out in the end. And I'm glad we got this win. And I will allow you to say your piece now. <laughs> I honestly, I could let you go on forever. You Ooh, could, uh, and we couldn't. We would have to cut off the show. <laughs> you were on a roll, though. That was nice. Um, yeah, the Bears were missing Jalen Johnson, their rookie cornerback, and Buster Screen, their nickel cornerback. But they honestly didn't have any problems with that. I mean, Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley were both making amazing tackles which yes they were you usually don't see um cornerbacks or defensive backs making such great tackles um but uh, they were able to stop even dalvin cook um although dalvin cook did get over 100 yards i think it was 132 yards 24 carries but our running back got more (laughs) our running back was better that's that's Uh also a good point the Bears are running it in single back, um, and yes. I love it. I love it. It is. You brought up this point early in the season too, when they yes. were playing, when they were winning games. And but uh, continue. Yeah, it's you. If it works, you got to go with it. You know. <laughs> they got with it for a long time, and uh, yeah, this team is. It's a brand new team. This is mm-hmm. not the Chicago Bears. Even I'm going to bring a small point and make sure I keep it short. Don't let me 
ramble on on this. But just compared to when we won, we won the first three games in the beginning of the season, compared to these past uh, four games we played in, we've won two of them, lost two, but I'm going to really I'm going to focus on the past three games. We've scored, we've scored over 30 points a game in each of these games. 30 or more points, let's put it that way. This team that is winning is much better than the team that was winning early in the season, just overall. Just look at how we start those games. Start up slow. We started up slow. We needed to mount some sort of comeback or we needed to preserve some type of comeback by the other, I mean, defend against some sort of comeback by the other team. And it was, I mean, this team cannot win a game without giving someone a heart attack. But um, still, that aside, just the way this game starts, especially I'm going to focus on the Texans game. And I know we weren't playing that great of a defense, but still, Texans, for all their struggles, they're still a decent team. And the way the Bears were able to go to almost like they were leading by like 30 to 7 at halftime, when you give the Chicago Bears defense that type of cushion to play free without having to worry about that a big play could end the game right there or a big play could do something, it's a dangerous situation to be in. It's a very dangerous situation to be in. And I would hate to be any opposing quarterback when I see Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and Roquan Smith coming at me at full speed with honestly nothing to lose because they, they trust their corners to and their safeties to be able to to be able to protect them and cover them. So that's uh, this is just a different team that we have seen, and this is coming together at the right time. Trubisky is playing perfect. No, not perfect. Let's say but very well. I mean, he, for the most part, he's made the right decisions. Has thrown a couple picks here or there that probably should not have been thrown, but uh, and did have that fumble at the end of the Lions game, which did cost us the game. But for the most part, he's played well. And I think we mentioned this last week, if he did not get hurt during that one fluke play against the Saints, he would have been in probably around the time of the first Vikings game, time of the first Vikings game, and then Monday night we win that game and we're in a different position. So, but again, we're right back in it and it's a, just a nice turn of events to see where this team is on its way. It's right there. And the seventh seed in the playoffs has helped a lot. Now I'm just hoping that um, Packers win their game, which I usually never say. <laughs> Packers win their game, rest their starters, let us win the game. Please, you've taken the one seed. Thank you. That's, uh, that's a good point. Very, very good to hope for. What are your, what are your thoughts on Mitchell Trubisky and the success that he's been having so far? It's like light and day, day and night with what he's done before. I mean, yes, he's relatively uh, reliable earlier in the season, but just this benching in general that he went through, it just, it's like a machine. We put in the old Trubisky and we get out the, a new upgraded version. And he's, he's playing like his career and the season depends on it and, which it kind of well. is. It, it does. <laughs> it does. So, 
Um, I'm I'm satisfied with it, and um, and the play design room too is is fantastic right now. Perfect. It's working. It's perfect. And honestly, I think uh, as hard as it was for Matt Nagy to give up play calling, probably the most selfless decision and the best decision he could have made for the team. Because then it gives it to Bill Lazor, who's focused only on the offense. Matt Nagy's the head coach. Allows him to focus on every aspect of the team and just gives him another perspective, which we've talked about in the past. But it gives him another perspective on the whole team and how to be a good coach. And it's paid off. And we've had success running the ball. We've had success throwing the ball. Play action, rollouts. That's the that's when Mitchell Trubisky is at his deadliest. Because mm-hmm. when he only has to see half a field, it makes it a clear view of where to throw the ball and how to. Because um, when you're on the left, most of the time you don't care what's happening on the right. So when you were focused in and you cut the field in half, you can see things clearly and you can make the better decisions. It's exciting, man. And I'm hoping that these next two games go our way and we get a little help there from the Cardinals to lose a game because it's almost there. And I don't know, playoffs two year, twice in three years for the Bears, that's something. Yeah, that is definitely pretty good. Pro Bowl voting happened this week. And the yes. teams are selected and focusing on our team again. I mean, they have the people you'd expect to make it. Khalil Mack and Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson, sorry. Um, should have been more. Should have had more people on the team make it. We missed out on Roquan Smith. Missed out on um, Akeem Hicks. And maybe even Jalen Johnson as a rookie should have made it in. He's played lights out. He's played lights out as a rookie. And mm, they've been snubbed, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. How about Allen Robinson? I forgot completely. He's been this number one receiver for for the Bears. He broke uh, 1,000 yards again this season. He's sitting at, I think, 90, 90 catches. So we might break 100 catches this season, too. Exactly. Some of his plays that he's made is, have kept us in the games. And, again, I don't know who was in charge of this thing, but uh, I think it was actually different elements, fan voting, players, coaches, whatever. It just didn't work. They messed up. They should have had more bearish players. Take away some – I don't know. I think some teams had, like, seven players, like, the Packers have like seven players or something. Hey, let's take a few out of there, please. Whatever. It is what it is. In our mind, they're pro, they're all, pro Bowl and all pro, all pro players. I can't speak today. I've been talking too much. <laughs> all right. Well, we are getting to our last segment, which is our picks and preview. How are we doing on record-wise? Not that, uh, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, we both actually ended up the seat, ended up last week with the same record at uh, eleven and five. So I don't think you're you didn't make any progress there trying to catch up in the <laughs> overall rankings. We still got no. time though. We still got time. 
you're only um, 14 games behind now. So we're getting there. <laughs> we are getting there. But Trenton, let's uh, go through each of these games and see where we're at. All right. First game that we got up here for this week is a special Christmas edition of football. Now I want to mention one thing. Christmas is on a Friday, which means that we will have a game this season on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, if you need a refresher with the days of the week, sorry, that helps too, but um, <laughs> we're going to have a this is like never happened before. We have a game on every single day of the week during the season. Football. You can never get enough football. Yeah, That's, there we go. That's a good right. point. Who are you taking? Vikings at Saints. Uh, I'm going to go Saints here. Same another, yeah, another week back for Drew Brees. Should let him get a little bit of the groove back. And I think that gets him closer to uh, – Securing the division title. Uh, second game, our Saturday. We have three games on Saturday. Bucks and Lions is the first one. Uh, I'd hate to pick Tom Brady, but I need to pick the Bucks because the Lions are missing all of their defensive <laughs> coaching staff. And if you thought the Lions were in trouble earlier, yeah. the Bucks. That's my pick as well. 49ers and Cardinals. Now, I know what we should, we uh, want to happen. But again, this whole purpose of this exercise is to pick who will win. So, I'm going to go Cardinals here. Unfortunately, yeah, Cardinals. I mean, definitely I want the 49ers to win. But uh, they're in a really unfortunate position. Yeah. I don't see that happening. So, Dolphins at Raiders. Ooh, this is a this is a kind of tough one because I feel like the Raiders right now are trying to battle for getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was undecided at some point. True, um, I was undecided up until now, but I'm gonna have to go with the Dolphins. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I'm going with the Raiders. I mean, okay. we, we did read that injury report. Um, the Derek Carr is a full participant in practice, so that's a good sign for them. But even if he wasn't, Marcus Mariota played decently well, like, yeah. we, like we discussed. So, I mean, currently the uh, the Dolphins are the seventh seed in the playoffs, and the Raiders are the ninth. So, I mean, the Raiders need this game more than the, the Dolphins do. So, um, I'm going with – just overall, though, I feel my gut's telling me the Raiders are the team to pick, so. Colts at Steelers. I'm going to jump on the Colts bandwagon here. Yeah, I mean, if you asked me this question four weeks ago, I would have taken the Steelers Mm -hmm. because they were undefeated. You don't go against the undefeated team until they lose a game. (laughs) And then they lose a second game. And then they lose a third game. (laughs) Then, like we mentioned earlier, was it a fluke? I don't know. But if I'm going with the Colts, but if the Steelers want to correct, kind of want to course correct this right now, this is a game they have to win. Right? They cannot go into uh, the playoffs on this type of losing streak. All right, I think this will be a quick one here. Uh, Falcons are the Chiefs. Going to go with the Chiefs? Yep, same here. 
Bears at the Jaguars. Oh. I think regardless of whether the Jaguars start Gardner Minshew or Mike Glennon, it's going to be the Bears. So I'm going to go Bears. Same here. I don't think I have a choice, Trenton. I think we got to pick the Bears because they can't <laughs> One lose. 13. I mean, One no, 13 Jaguars. Throw the records out the window. Like They have mm-hmm. to win this game. Well, we, are, we have nothing. Like Season's over. And it'll be so embarrassing to lose a season when you are right there. And then you lose to the Jaguars. That can't happen. So I just think the Bears team is a far superior team. And they have something to play for. Jaguars don't. Except the number one overall spot. And which they probably might lose the game just to keep it. <laughs> Who knows? It's football. We thought the Jets would do the same. But no. Um, Bengals at Texans. I'm going to take the Texans here. I know the Bengals did just beat the Steelers, right. but we listed the problems the Steelers are facing, and Bengals aren't that good. So I'm taking the Texans. Uh, continuing on, we have the Giants at the Ravens. You're going to go with the Ravens here. Same here. Did you watch uh, Good Morning Football the other day? I did not. So Joe Judge was on. And the Giants head coach. And he basically had this one line where he said, with all due respect to Christmas, let's focus on the Ravens. Because <laughs> he didn't want his players to be focused on Christmas time. So that's just an interesting line. But I, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens too. So that's, if I haven't a, mentioned that already. That's a Bill Belichick kind of quote. <laughs> I mean, he's from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Because he did spend all those years up in New England. Um, Browns at Jets. This should be an easy one. <laughs> Browns. I mean, you'd think it'd be an easy one. You would think, yeah. But but imagine if you picked the Jets to win last week. Then you'd be a, a game closer. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> imagine the people who the bet. I don't bet on sports. I don't bet in general. But just imagine the people who did bet and somehow they <laughs> – they chose the Jets to win, or the people who bet against the Jets. Imagine the money they lost. So, yeah, I'm taking the Browns, though. Long story short. <laughs> Who? Panthers at Washington. The Ron Rivera Bowl. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful way to put it. Oh, man. Washington probably doesn't get Alex Smith back for this game, but I'm still going to have to go with Washington. Oh, and the Panthers. I don't trust Dwayne Haskins. And honestly, I don't trust Washington without Alex Smith. That was, that's, the, that's the thing. Uh, Broncos at Chargers. I'm going to go Chargers here. Going with the Chargers as well. Nothing really disgusting there. Eagles and Cowboys. This was an interesting one. I, I'm going to go Eagles here. Uh, the Cowboys just... They... They don't seem as hot as the Eagles do. No, they don't. And that's why I'm, I'm going with the Eagles too. I mean, the Cowboys just have too many issues. Not that the Eagles don't have any issues, but I know they're the better playing team. So Rams and Seahawks. Ooh, a divisional game. Rams are one game behind the Seahawks. Rams are at number two in that division right now. I'm going to go Seahawks though. Same here with the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks did start pretty well. 
believe they were 5-0 and roughly to start the season. But then they had these ups and downs. I mean, losing to the Giants at home, that's got to be an alarming situation. But uh, but the Rams lost to the Jets, and that's a little more alarming. <laughs> that, that definitely is <laughs> at home, too. Um, yeah, Seahawks, though. Can't go wrong. Whew, Titans at Packers, Sunday Night Football. This is going to be the number one seed in the NFC's right there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really good game, though. Uh, I'm going to go text, uh, Titans on this one. Interesting. I am going with the, the Packers, though, because, I mean, they did put up a little scare, though, against the, uh, against the Panthers last week. That's who they played, right? Please don't tell me I got that wrong. Packers? Yeah. Packers play. Trying to blank there for a moment. Yeah, the Panthers. You are okay, right. good. <laughs> yeah, so they did have a little scare against uh, against the Panthers, but uh, I think now the Packers. I mean, they know that the number one seed is theirs with the taking, and they have no real threat behind them. So how about they uh, take it, take the week off for the first week of the playoffs, and also take week seventeen off. I will appreciate that. <laughs> Knowing the Packers, though, they probably won't do it because whenever the Bears have needed the Packers to get in the playoffs, the Packers have not delivered. But who knows? All right, closing out the uh, the week with Monday Night Football, we got the Bills at the Patriots. First time oh. the Bills can – first time in a very long time the Bills could sweep the Patriots. Like, I believe it's almost been 20 years. Yeah, the Patriots at six and eight. Their their postseason is pretty much over. Got to go with the Bills here. Same here. I mean, the Bills are Bills are a better team. They won the division, going to the playoffs. And I read somewhere that the state of the Bills have submitted a plan to the state of New York to allow roughly roughly six thousand fans into the stadium. I think come playoff time for that one playoff game that they are going to host. I don't know the, the final details or if it's going to happen, but I think that if you, Buffalo deserves that for their fans to be able to have some way to share it with them. Cause the Bills fans are, they're, they're their own type of people right there. <laughs> the Bills mafia. All right, so we will see where this puts us at the end of the week once we total this up. And if Trenton has made any progress in trying to <laughs> improve his overall record. I think that does it for us here, Trenton. So it was a good show. We had a lot of good things to discuss. So thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We hope you have a great rest of the week and a Merry Christmas and a good weekend of football. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days of football. It's just another way to sit back and relax and enjoy your time. So we'll be back next week with another episode. Hopefully we're continuing this happy mood that we're in. So don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and please, please wear a mask. The Jets go 2-13. <laughs>